Individually, they are a force to be reckoned with. But when they join together, they become Unplugged Radio. Prepare to be swept off your feet as Greg Person, the lover, takes the stage. But wait, what illusion is this? It is no trick. It is Jake Hutton, magician, for your viewing pleasure. Look out! The sensational sensei himself, Mike Rossi, warrior on display. Bow down and grovel at his feet as John Vanas, king, welcomes his another exciting episode of Unplugged Radio. I'm your host, Greg. I'm your host, John. I am your host, Mike. What's up, buddy? How are we doing, gentlemen? Back at it again. Yeah, right. Right in, be- in between, um, in between family stuff and events and hobbying. Here we are. Right. Been busy. Yay, yeah. A lot going on. Yep. 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 So uh, tonight might be a little bit of a shorter episode than usual, but understanding that we all have, as Mike alluded to, family commitments and things of that nature, we're squeezing in an episode where we can. Uh, we're excited to give a little bit of our hobby updates and then talk about the hot button issue that all the Kings of War community is currently talking about, which are the Twilight Kin. The new list uh, has been out for less than a week as we are sitting and recording this. Very and, exciting. You know, we often try to avoid on Unplugged Radio the topics that are uh, sort of the obvious ones that are going to be covered in way more depth on Countercharge or on other spaces. Um, but it feels like everyone is has so much to say about Twilight Kid that we can find our own uh, approach to it. So we're not going to give like an in-depth unit by unit review type of thing, but we're going to talk about sort of our, our biggest impressions and takeaways and, and what kind of impact we are thinking this may or may not have on the wider um, Kings of War meta. And of course we have the uh, actually just earlier today, the Clash of Kings 2023 was announced that it's being released on November 6th. So we're a little less than a month out from that. And, you know, once that comes out, we'll we'll have more to say on the topic. But right, right, excellent. But that's Let's where we're it. at. So, what have we been up to in the hobby? Uh, I'll go first. Mike, edit. What? Right. So, uh, I um, put uh, some. I I have assembled um, all of my tree bros. Uh, for the nature slash maybe silver sylvan kin uh, army that I'm putting together. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Yep. Uh, got them all assembled. Got them all uh, cleaned and primed. So they're all set um, for putting on a base. Uh, Harry did a Harry did the the printing for me, and the prints came with um, like each of the minis has a separate base that you can mount the mini to, right? And so for okay. some of the tree dudes, they're like they're they're they um. You really need the base uh, to put them on for it to for the mini kind of make sense, right? So oh, a couple they're of like standing on a tree stump or something. 
Right. Yeah. So they're crawling over rocks and stuff. And so like, if you oh, don't okay. have that, it's cool and it'll mount on, but it looks wonky a little bit. Yeah. So the nice thing about that is when you combine that with the Vallejo, um, excuse me, the Vallejo putty, um, that, yep. you know, I'll have those glued down, the putty will be in between. And then. Yeah. You, you blend know, it you, together. You, you blend it together. Right. So yep, it looks nice. more natural. So that's, that's been, that's been started. And my plan actually this year, um, because I'm not going to another event for a long time, is to well, only play yeah. their Sylvankin or um, Forces of Nature. Or Nature. Right, nice. to force me into painting. Right. Yeah. The, so how lose how the, many of those um, Forest Shamblers are you, are you working on? Right, so um, right now I've got uh, six little dudes and I say little, they're like infantry <laughs> size, a little, th- little chunkier. And then I've got um, three bigger ones. And then one that's, he's a chunky monster. He's going to be my my uh, uh, tree herder, right? Tree so herder, I'm not yeah. sure if I'm going to paint yep. him up uh, friendly or dark, right? So yep. I can be like, yep. this evil bro over here is the will father. You know, whatever. I'll figure I'll yep. that out when I get to it. So that's enough to get me started. And when you look at, so it's interesting. I was looking at the Sylvankin, right? And I've had an old wood elf army that I could throw on the table with these new tree guys, and yep. it would be serviceable. Right? Yeah, you've got some like, elves and stuff to put in there. Yeah, to to use in the meantime while I while I freshen up. But boy, that uh, I am intrigued by the formation in Sylvankin because it doesn't look good, but it looks good, right? So it's not what anyone would yeah. take, but it's like two. It's like what is it? Two regiments of the Forest Guard, um, two troops yep. of. Um, you know, the, the berserker wood bros, uh, <laughs> boss race. right? Boss yeah. Race. The boss race. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, um, and a, and a special character, right. Who, you know, when you, they all, sh- uh, they all scout. Yep. Right. And I'm like, yep. that's kind of cool. Cause if you combine those guys and half of them are verdant, right. So if they're hanging out with the will father, all of a sudden they're getting elite, Right. Um, and if you have that that horde of forest shamblers with the upgrade, then he is rallying one for elves. Funny how that works, right? I mean, it, it yeah. synergizes so you, you really can, well to be like you could synergize it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. that being the said, I think in some hero gives cool. like a thunder one aura for the boss grades too. Like there's a there's a bunch of things that all impact that. Right, and it it looks is like it? it'd be it'd be sneaky good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah. Right, without relying on, you know, the same, the same old, same old build, and also I have five things in Gladestar. You know what I mean? Right. So it's a way to do board control um, without relying on all the shooting or the running. I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be worth doing. Now that being said, I'll probably use it, hate it, and move on with my life. But for now, I'm, I'm kind of jazzed by the idea. You know. I mean, yeah, not, not to, not to burst your bubble, but I think every clash update. They have changed the formations. I'm not sure if a right. single formation has ever stayed between oh, from right. one class to the next. I, I thought you were going to say like it's not good, but actually it might not even exist. Oh. Right. right, it might it but, might be different. But those, right. I mean, those unit types would conceivably still exist. Right. Yeah. And so you know, it's I I think boss grace are good no matter what you do. 115 points yeah. for 20 attacks. It seems rather good with. With scout, yeah, they're anyway, like your I, uh, like glass hammer type unit. Yeah, right. And I think that's especially with the scout. You run them forward and go, okay, deal with this where everybody else is coming up behind. You know. Yep. Yeah, it creates a problem, which is which is good. Makes a makes yeah. a choice, right? 
I think so. So I don't know. I mean, once again, that's I'm just excited to use an army that moves more than four. Makes me kind of pleased. Right? <laughs> but <laughs> so that's about it. But I did I did some I did some hobby over the weekend. I felt really good about it. So yeah. That's it. Excellent. And then I'm also putting nice. together the the player pack for Dead of Winter. Um and uh we're forming up the last uh couple sets of terrain. So I don't know what I uh, I I think uh, Corey was able to announce this at the at Crossroads, but the, the weekend is going to be January 20th, weekend of the 20th. Um, I'll be posting more information as we get closer uh, to buy tickets. Uh, there's space for 40 people this year. Uh, at the, Ooh, at the nice. Yeah, last, year I had, last year I had 32 and, a, and 10 people on a wait list. So, you know, yeah. we'll see if I can fill it. But, that's excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Yeah, I mean that's the next tournament that like Greg and I will get to play in, right? Yeah, right. Yep. Hopefully it'll be good. Gotta go talk to the guy running. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Uh well, I uh I haven't done a ton, um, but I did paint a Empire of Dust fleet uh for Armada, the uh, Kings of War Armada game. Um, which was fun. Uh, you know, kind of just something random. I had the box sitting on the shelf. It was, um, I thought I just want to do something different in between some other projects I was working on, 40k stuff. Um, so now I have an Empire Dust Fleet. Uh, I haven't posted pictures of it yet because I just finished it uh, the other day. Um, the, the models are kind of nice. They, they go together uh, relatively well. They take paint pretty well. Um, you know, the detail at that scale is really different. To pay. It's very different than painting a, a King's of War army with like 28 millimeter miniatures, oh, right? Like yeah. the, the, the things are just so small. You're kind of like, is that a detail I should bother picking out? Maybe, maybe not. So I went for like more like wide swaths of color and then just pick out a couple of things for visual interest. Try to keep it mm -hmm. pretty simple. Um, not entirely happy with the way the bases came out, unfortunately, but I'm um, going to roll with it anyway. I went to the my local hobby shop, um, and I I had this vision, Empire Dust. I don't know. I was thinking, like, Caribbean-colored waters. Um, yeah. So super I, I... Super, like, tur turquoise, aquamarine blue. Yeah. And so I went to the local hobby store, and I they have a... It's more like a, like a model... Model, that's like a lot of scale models for airplanes and tanks and stuff like that, cars. Um, so they have a, a lot of, of a wide selection of um, different brands like Tamiya and Vallejo and uh, that type of stuff. Um, so they probably had a dozen different kinds of water, like sculptable water products. Uh, and I looked at the different colors and I, I've been a big fan of a lot of the AK interactive products lately, I've been using a lot of them, but. Um, that I liked the color slightly better on the Vallejo one, so I went into the Vallejo. And I brought it home, and I put it on the bases, and it does not dry anything at all like the actual color of the product. Um, wow. And I should have done a test model that's on me for not testing it first, but like, holy shit, it's aquamarine color, and it dries dark blue. Um, I'm like, what the hell? What the heck? Like, why, why color it that aquamarine color, I, I don't know, it just really threw me off that I like I expect things to change color a little bit when they dry, but this was so dramatic, not even the same thing, no warning on the package. Like I That's was a little awful. frustrated with that. Yeah. Um 
So after four coats of this stuff, and I, I played with like mixing different things into it to try to adjust the color, I got it to a place where it's like kind of okay. And it's not, it's definitely not the original color I was going for. Um, I'm just like done with it. So I'm going to um, paint little peaks on the waves and uh, they're, they're done. <laughs> That's going to be that. Um, yep. Which is so fine. Which is fine. Like it, it's a game that I play occasionally. It's not like something um a showpiece or anything like that. I also didn't try to paint them at that level. Um, so just word to the wise, though, if you are painting little toy ships and you go get water effects, um, do some color tests with it first. Maybe even watch some videos about how it dries and how to apply it in a way that uh, gives you the effect you want. Yep. Um, and then the other, so I'm on an Armada kick here. I also got the mm. a pack of the flyers, a flyer pack for the Empire Dust. And yeah. I am in the process of assembling them right now. And super fiddly, super fiddly. Um, Compared to the ships, yeah. Believe so a couple what of observations. The, what, what are the flyers you get? Like a bone dragon and carrion bird? Or what do you, what do you got? Yeah, it's like a pack of carrion birds. And they went together pretty well, actually. And the other one is a bone dragon. The bone dragon yeah. is super weird. It has like human hands. Why? Which doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, like it's a bone dragon. I mean, it's got bones. It's got a. It's got a tail. It's got a, a rib cage. Like a horned head, That's and it has these weird. bony wings that have human, human looking hands. I don't. I don't get it. Um, weird. Why? Whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. I'm like, what? Whatever. I I don't care. Um, okay, so whatever. Those are super super fiddly to put together. So be it. But this whole Armada project, these are all um, resin cast models. Ah, uh, you know, I don't really enjoy resin cast models. Right? The casting quality on them is okay. Like some of the parts are bent. There's whole. There's like bubbles in them. They're super brittle to work with. I'm. Yeah. I am. I am in fear of breaking any one of these parts. Um, mm -hmm. They're so brittle. I. I just think like this type of thing. Gosh, I don't know. I'm glad that they're releasing the STLs for these, and you can 3D print them now. Because I think paying, I don't know, whatever twenty dollars or thirty dollars for this these um casts of these flyers is a bit much given what they are yeah 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 so uh so whatever we're doing this i'm gonna have this little armada project done hopefully play some games with it um and i'll post some pictures uh in a couple days when they're all wrapped up that's cool yeah nice very nice how about you Greg? Well, i finished okay. i i finished with um a day to spare I finished painting the uh, <laughs> remaining pieces for 2,300 points of dwarfs for Crossroads, which was, um, for, I don't know, a week and a half ago now. Uh, yeah. So that was excellent. It was, uh, I think as of the last episode we recorded, I was still working on the Regiment of Iron Guard, which was represented by dwarf hammer metal models from the 6th mm -hmm. edition of Warhammer era. And then they were joined in that regiment by Drong the Hard, who was a uh, special character from a 5th edition Warhammer campaign. And also the army, the limited edition army battle standard bearer from the 6th edition era. 
those two models I did not own and I did purchase on eBay for unspeakable amounts of money. <laughs> but because I, I had a lot of models for the army uh, already, like I think I mentioned before, this army being composed of metal miniatures from that era, it's unreasonable how expensive they are. Especially yeah. when you can get 3D printed models for cheapest chips. And I've seen people with 3D prints of GW models, metal models right. from that area that they just have. Um, you know, it's questionably legal, but they're doing it. Um, right. You know, it's hard to, but I had a lot of this stuff. So I made a couple of purchases here and there to kind of reward myself for all the painting I did. Anyway, I finished that regiment, really happy with how it came out. And then I had to paint another Slayer Pirate who counts as the Throwing Mastiff for the units. So I got that one done. So I have four Slayer Pirates in total because um, four Throwing Mastiffs. And then I painted Long Drong himself, the Slayer Pirate, to be the Flame Priest for the army. And that was a lot of fun because they just decided when they sculpted him, let's give him every single... Um, cliche pirate thing possible. So he's got an eye patch. He's got a hook hand. He's got a peg leg, which are all on the same side of his body. So he's had a rough go. Um, right. And then he's got Gotta like the pirate, you know, like tricorn hat. And he's got a parrot on his shoulder, which was a lot of fun to paint. It was like looking up reference pictures of parrots. Um, yeah. So it was really fun uh, to get that all painted. And then, um, not too dissimilar from my experience at Unplugged. I went into Unplugged. We talked about it on the cast. 1995 points. Had just finished painting it. Had one practice game. Did really well. Uh, went into Crossroads. Had zero practice games at 2-300. Uh, had not played uh, Unplugged except as the ringer in my summer slow grow league, which wasn't really practice for Crossroads. Uh, and right. performed really well. So I don't know. I think my new strategy going forward is just don't practice. <laughs> <laughs> because practice I'm getting better results strategy. than I've ever gotten before. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. But it, um, you know, it does, the army does kind of, uh, it operated very similarly to how it did at 1995. You know, I added in, Another uh, reliable D6, uh, uh, defense six um, infantry regiment that hits a little bit harder because I gave them the brew of strength because they're hammerers with the big two handed weapons. Um, and then right. a little bit more shooting with the flame priest uh, with upgrade to fireball 10 and then the diadem of dragon kind to bring him to fireball 16. Uh, Plus the extra throwing massive. So it was a little more of the resilience, a little more unit strength, a little more melee prowess, and then a little bit more um, ranged threat as well. It was, it was just a little more, right? Little... Yeah, it was more, it was doubling down on the things I was already investing in, is my point. Right. So the, the play go. style was similar. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to necessarily go through game by game or anything like that, but I, I, I am really happy with how the army is playing on the tabletop, which is right. always like the way I do this. And, you know, literally two years ago is 
took me two years to paint this army, right? I yeah. sat down and wrote a list, and then here we are. So it's it's like, you know, I'm kind of... I'm obviously not going in completely blind. I've played against dwarfs a bunch, and I think I have a decent understanding of how the game works. But still, writing a list and then committing to it and not playing it, you're, there's a little bit of you is like, well, maybe this just won't work. Um, that wasn't the case. I, You know, I don't think... Maybe my the people I've played against would disagree. I'm not sure, but I don't think I've invested so much in the range phase that it becomes like classified Oppressive. as a gun line or like, man, yeah. this is like you took right. what you did that. Um, but it is a I'm deleting units every turn, um, usually right. one unit a turn, uh, or at least getting like a key waiver here or there. Um, yep. And then it's there's this interesting like turn two three or four when they're now you're in range to release the dogs and the flame priest is in range and then that's like yeah. the best round of shooting um yep which is nice and then there's always a at least in my games i'm like wow that was it i like you know i released all that stuff so i did the most damage I'm like now if i've done enough damage my opponent like has to kind of commit and then i've got the resilient pieces to to kind of grind it out in combat um and there's also that fear of like well if i didn't do enough now like it's it's just going to decrease from now because things are in melee or some of my shooting elements are going to start to be removed or you know these sharpshooters are not able to shoot because they have to go over here and, and get this objective because we are playing a scenario right. that right. type of thing it's like um pumped it up dude that is that is the struggle, <laughs> but but so far the the balance the balance has been right. It has worked in my favor. The the so I went four wins and one loss at Crossroads. That's awesome. And the loss was against Bart, who's an excellent player and a great guy. Uh, well, don't give him too much stalkers. credit now. Come on. Right. Well, he. My point is this: he had Night Stalkers, um, <laughs> which is you know not a great matchup. Because again, I have a decent rage face. He's got all this um, stealthy. He also had like a bunch of heal in the list and regen and you know uh, radiance of life. <laughs> like you know, he he was meant to absorb the damage. And we were playing raise, which is one right. uh, Rossi. You and I had played, I think, right where you have to go yeah. on the opponent's side, on the other side of the, the table. Uh huh. So it was a it was uh, a tough yeah. matchup. And a tough scenario. And that game still was close. Um, I, I did lose, but it came down to the roll for turn seven, which we didn't go Ooh. to seven. And if we had, I wouldn't have won, but I likely would have gotten a draw because I would have stolen control of the central objective back from him. He had a, sure. a horde of, not a horde, a legion of bloodworms that was on it. And I had a horde of shield breakers but the legion of bloodworms is unit strength five <laughs> Ooh, but it ouch. had a lot of damage on it and the the uh shield breakers were not wavered or anything so they were going to punch again and you know 25 attacks with threes and twos because i had bane chant um i was probably going to take it off and then that would have made it from a loss to a draw um so I was even in that situation of like a difficult matchup and a difficult scenario. I think I still did well. I was in the game. Right. Um, 
So yeah, I like it. I'm I'm not, not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about the Clash of Kings updates just because I feel like I'm getting a handle of how the army works. And if they change things a lot, I might be at a loss. It, this is partially from past experience. I had just finished painting my Forces of Nature army yeah. in second edition, and I brought ah. it to Crossroads, and I had used the formation, bringing it all full circle, that the formation was amazing. It was two regiments of forest shamblers and a forest warden. And the forest warden got inspiring, and all three of those units got speed seven. And then I had a tree right. herder with speed seven because I gave him brew of haste and the army was crazy. And like everything else yeah. had scout <laughs> except for some centaurs. Um, and it was cool. And then the clash of Kings update got rid of that uh, formation and changed a bunch of like, that was also when um, regiments of large infantry no longer unlocked. So I was like using those right. forest shamblers as unlocks and I had to redesign the whole army and I was, thrown off by it because it's like i, I sure. spent so long painting this and then i got to use it at one event and everything changed um i don't know how much they're going to change with the dwarfs but i'm hoping that it's not too much <laughs> yeah i don't know the only thing that i've heard and i think everybody knows this is like probably ordered march is going to be a thing where you can move it to double units, and, yeah. And, yeah right move it to double, move it to double and get a pivot yeah, it's oh. so when they did the when they did the Northern Alliance 2023 update, the um, Northern Alliance have a, a dwarf infantry unit, and they got this ordered march rule. So it's you do an at the double move, you get one pivot. So you're not nimble; you don't get two pivots on a charge. Right. You do have a little bit more mobility. Um, and the rumors are that that would spread to other dwarf units in the dwarf right. army and the free dwarf army, which, which is good. Pretty good. Just if if Iron Guard have that, they're just better. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But that was me. Um, since we came back from Crossroads, I have not put paint to anything yet. I've been a little bit of a like waiting to see what the rules updates are, but I did decide uh, I'm going to work on some elements for a display board. Um, the display board I've been using is just generic for all of my armies. I, the armies I have right now, the dwarves, ogres, forces of nature, they're all based the exact same way. And then what differentiates them is like the type of flowers I put on the bases, right. but like right. the color palette yep. and the grass and the tufts. Uh, are all the same so then they can all be on the same display board because the display board doesn't have the flowers on it um so that's how it is now but i, I want to do something special for the dwarf army so i have some yeah. things that i'll you know, we'll be working uh, on you know, uh, yeah we'll have to um once you have some some ideas down we'll have to share some pictures yes uh, yeah and uh, you know maybe this is something i can get together for dead of winter we'll see that'd be awesome Yep, yep, yep. Cool, cool. So uh, let's uh, kick it over to the main topic right now, which is the Twilight Kin. So Twilight Kin are out, like we said. They've been uh, maybe a little less than a week on the Companion. And in the forthcoming um, 
Clash of Kings book, they're going to have the rules, they're going to have expanded background uh, fluff in the book and everything. And it's clear, I mean, first of all, it's clear that they just completely redesigned the army, right? It used to be an army that was uh, a themed list from the elves. And so you had a bunch of elf units, and then it also had units from Forces of the Abyss and units from Night Stalkers. And looking at the list now, there are some Night Stalker units that are just ported over, um, yep. although they don't, they've lost um, Mind Thirst. But other than that, they're the same, like the um, Reapers and Soul Flayers and Mind Screech and Terror. I think those are the one. Uh, the Butchers and the Ravagers, which are like the new shooting version of Butchers. And the Butcher. Butcher Hero, right? Butcher Flesh Ripper, yeah. And a Void Lurker. So quite a bit. Um, Void Lurker actually has a cool option. One of them can be upgraded to gain Inspiring and increase their nerve by plus one, plus one, which is cool. Uh, so there are Night Stalker units, but there's no... Oh, and Phantoms. Just, there's more. There's just more. There's a lot of Night Stalkers in here. Uh, none of these units are in the Elf Army. And there's no connection, even though they are Elves, they're just different. And there's no connection anymore to the Forces of the Abyss. And it's at, not, at all, right? obviously, yeah. with, with no units from the Elf Army list, it's not a theme list. It is its own entity. Um, so what were your first impressions when you were... Uh, clicking through and looking at all of these new toys. Well, I'm kind of glad they got rid of the Abyssal tie-in, and it's more of a... Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is kind of a more, like you said, like more of a theme list, I guess, with the, the Night Stalker stuff. But at least it's not this weird mismatch of everything now. Um, I don't know. The thing that stuck out to me was there's a lot of cool stuff in here, but the Void Skiffs, uh, I think they're just really unique. The fact that they have that broadside shooting attack is a very cool mm -hmm. tactical option that just the game doesn't have right now, and so it's totally different, and I think it's pretty good, actually. Um, so that was the thing that I, you know, I saw first, and it's like, oh, that'd be fun to try. So the Corsair Void Skiffs are a chariot regiment. They only come in regiment. One, only one size, yeah. And Which they I really think is have cool. A, it is cool. Yeah, I like that. They have a bunch of uh, rules. I think they're they're kind of and it's interesting because you have soul flares in this list too, and they're kind of like soul flares in a way. Oh, um, yeah. Where they can only be in a regiment and they do some unique things. But this unit's profile: speed seven, melee four, defense four, um, unit strength two, sixteen attacks, fourteen sixteen nerve, one fifty points. You got Brutal, you got Elite Melee, Fly, Nimble, Thunder's Charge 2, which is already really good. Then you can upgrade a Blood Hex for plus 5. This is an army-wide special rule. A bunch of units have this upgrade. It's one use only. Basically, for a turn, you get plus 1 defense, um, which is great. <laughs> it's really so good. for one turn, you're uh, defense right. 5 on this unit. And then what uh, John was talking about the broadside attacks. This is a plus 10 point for the ranged attack Corsair Deck Harpoons. 18-inch range, range 4, 8 attacks, 
piercing one steady aim and broadside, which means you use the right and left side arcs to draw your line of sight and you uh, measure distance from what essentially would be your leader point on those side arcs, the center of them. Um, so even taking out the, the shooting attack, which is only a 10 point upgrade, this army, this unit just hits really hard <laughs> in melee. Yeah. Um, it's only fours, but it's 16 attacks with elite. So it's quality. It's right? 150 and points. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's cheap. And then you, you yeah. add in the shooting is just like icing on the cake. And it's really hard to conceptualize how that's going to work right yeah. now. It is a unit. It's a chariot regiment. So it's, it's really long. Like wide, which, I mean, which is right? I'm really three, glad that they made that across. the formation, yeah. right? Yeah. If they're gonna pick, if they're gonna yeah. pick one, at least it's the awkward size, right? Right. Yeah. Because if Agreed. it was a troop, that would be with nimble. Then it would be a square. That'd be yeah, and that'd be brutal. Um, and it's a, it's a regular unit, so it unlocks. Um, so I think you're definitely gonna see people taking these. The models for them are are pretty cool. They're you know floating little ships that are crewed by some um like void mutated elves right yeah i think, yeah, I think the, uh, models I think are the shooting attack interesting it, it could, <laughs> whether it's whether the shooting attack comes into play frequently not at all i think is is like beside the point the, the unit's just good um and the shooting is kind of the icing on the cake. Right. So the thing, the thing that I noticed about these that I really like is you go through the unit entries, right? And for mm -hmm. all of the, the elves, get yourself a blood hex and then yep. give yourself maybe increase your nerve by plus one, plus one. And then like the void worker, the void walkers, right? The Corsair void walkers are like, oh, you can get the snare. You can get the blood hex, give yourself a little defense. You can change to melee three plus, right? The yeah. Ramblers, you look at those and it's like, okay, they got they got all right stats, I guess. But then it's like, oh, your ranged attack, six inch piercing one steady aim, and any unit that is damaged is disordered. What? Right? So like, yeah, it's a little short range, mm -hmm. nothing. But it's like, boom, lose your TC, right? Or whatever. Right. Well, disordered, lose your flying too, right? Yeah, Who's your right? flying. Right. You're not and able to like, shoot I'm, if you have yeah. a ranged attack. And it, right? it's a speed 7 unit, so it's effective 13-inch range. Yeah, range terrible. of it, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like I, I look at that, and it's kind of like a build-your-own-adventure kind of a thing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you could, you could take the same minis, and you might not exactly know. You know how sometimes you play Kings of War on feel? Like ah, that's a that's an infantry unit. It's a, it'll I'll kill it in two turns. Well, maybe you don't. Yeah. Or that unit's going to come in yeah. and it's going to do three wounds. Right. Maybe it doesn't. Right. right. You know that that sort of a thing. Which I actually think is kind of cool. You know. Um. So, but that that carries. I, I just want to jump in. Yeah, please. Yeah, just to just because it's related to your point. Um. Like the Corsair Fleet Wardens and the Corsair Void Walkers are these two like mainstay infantry units, right? Of of Twilight Elves, and you've got like the Fleet Wardens are the like um, spearmen version because they have phalanx, 
and the void walkers are like i don't know the more um just kind of basic warrior kind but you get these upgrades that make them unique they also have interesting names <laughs> and a, a common criticism of kings of war is like the names of units are generic literally to the point of like hero captain <laughs> name is hero, <laughs> more axe right like this but then corsair fleet wardens and you can upgrade them to veterans of the celestial war to get the plus one nerve that's awesome uh, Corsair yeah. Voidwalkers. They, they, in Snare, they get Snare Nets. Uh, it's kind of basic, but I get it. Um, but then Reavers of the Middle Sea to get uh, Melee 3+. That sounds dope. That sounds like an action movie I want to go watch. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Right? So totally true. The, like, the units are customizable, <laughs> and they have cool names, <laughs> yeah. which is not always the case when you look at all the armies. That's a good point. I actually hadn't really thought about that one, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it it does seem to me like once again the choose your own adventure thing, right? So like if you if you take a navigator, let's say you take a navigator on the void scale, right? He has the legacy of Oskin. So I'm actually you if you also you may be able to hear my hear my mouse going back and forth as I'm building like a list just so I can <laughs> yep. see what I can. Right, but like you look at the you look at a, a navigator, right? Unless disordered, immediately before giving this unit a movement order, pick one of the following special rules and apply it to this unit until the start of the following movement phase. Or a vicious, or a life leech, right? Or a spell ward and stealthy. Okay, cool. That concept of I'm gonna layer this on with this, layer that on with that, and then I'm gonna have this bro here, and he has a bunch of auras. Oh, and also when I come over here, I'm going to shut that off for you, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of interactions between the different units. It, it actually feels like the same feeling I had when I first looked at the halfling list, where I was like, these mm -hmm. are cool. Oh, but you, when you combine that with these three things, all of a sudden you're, you're layering on abilities, right. right? Where as a player, you want to make sure that your stuff is, you know, your, your movement is not just move up, break a unit, turn to face. Right. It's more like I need to make sure that these units hang out together. And then once the scrum begins, I can't let this one out of my sight. There's it's there's a little more to it, which I I appreciate. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of synergy happening. And even to the point, like those three auras, they affect certain keyword units. Right. And some some units have multiple keywords, so can be affected by multiple of those auras, but some will only benefit from one. So you really like you're very conscious if you're taking the navigator or multiple navigators, like what units are in your army and what specific role it's going to do, like where, right? Right. Pretty awesome. Right. I just find it as, as uh, a good, good army design, right? Like I'm, I'm intrigued by the way that the army plays. And I also like, I'm looking at the stuff. There's nothing in here that I look at. Then where I go, sweet Jesus, what were they thinking? Wow, that's <laughs> right, right. Or yeah. the other way, like why would other, you why would you do that? Yeah. Right? Like, right. ugh, be right. better. You know? None right. I think I think one thing that excited me, um, I'm the fan I'm a fan, like in theory, of the assassin type unit, and there's a number of right. armies that have this type of character. 
um, and you rarely see them being played because they're not great. And I don't know if you will see the Twilight Assassin that often simply because there are a lot of good hero choices um, and you're probably going to see people spamming the stupid summoner crone. Um, <laughs> but the Twilight Assassin is good, like is legitimately good, like does its thing, like inspires itself, scout, stealthy, speed seven. So it's zipping around the battlefield. Five attacks, right. melee three range three and has like this fell blade special rule that if you do a point of damage in melee then the enemy unit on their next turn has minus one when rolling to damage um and it can't be combined with weakness which is good because that would be insane right. but mm-hmm. like you know if he combo charges with someone else he's affecting you know that whole counter charge whether they come back on him or they go on the other and that just seems cool and you know, he's effective with the shooting because it's five attacks with range three and pierce one. Like, he's doing something every turn, and he has dread. Like, he's got the right combination of stuff to make an impact on the battle. Yeah. He's not just going right. to go up and throw knives once and then get run over, and you're like, oh, why did I take right. this guy? Right. Why did um, I bother, right? Yeah. So very think, very cool, like, unique. It just added something different. Um, You guys haven't mentioned anything about the monsters yet. I don't... <laughs> know that they're go ahead sorry you sound like you want to say something greg <laughs> i was just gonna say i i like i like seeing flying units that aren't speed 10 um ah, like so the, the gore drake. gifts like that makes sense because they're like yeah. these heavy ships and they're different but the gore drake um yeah. you know he's kind of like a beast of nature he's yes. pretty similar but yeah. he is mm-hmm. a titan instead of a monster he is he's unit strength two but he's flying. Oh, I didn't notice that. Speed yeah, you're right. yeah, he is. Yeah, he's strength too. Flying right? speed. So he's, he's like everything. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I, I like seeing that. But yep. what, what did you want to say about the monsters? No, I mean, no, a couple of them are bound, right? The Terror and the Mind Screech are bound. So mm-hmm. less, less interesting just because it's something we've already seen before. I think the Gore Drake is unique. And then there's a... Mm-hmm. The impale, impaler soul bane. Yeah, that's the other one I was. Yeah, uh, but but not not anything super unique here, other than the fact that it's like a defense four, no stealthy, um, slow <laughs> character, which is interesting. Right, but it is right. Nine I mean, attacks. like, no nine attacks, but shit, man, it's He's defense. Got nine attacks. It's defense five with. I'm sorry, speed five with defense four, no. Wild I don't know. D3. Wild charge D three things seems to me like that's prime targets to just shoot the hell out of that thing, and get it off the table. Well, but not, well, not attacks. Here is my here is my counter argument. My counter argument, which we also haven't brought this up yet, is that <laughs> if you're <laughs> facing this army and you have shooting, are you going to shoot the Impaler Soulbane? Are you get one of the forty two lightning bolt sources? Because this army can oh take a stupid oh. amount of lightning bolt. <laughs> mm, wow, mm. that is true. That is true. So that that I mean, is the one thing I'm seeing seen people some like lightning bolt lists, right? Sorry, Greg. Right, but I mean that's the thing I've seen people like minorly freaking out about, um, right? Mm. Which I don't know. I, I don't think it's worth a freak out, but at the same time, it's like a lot. Yeah, but yeah, so this is because of the. Comes- 
the void touch weavers. That's why you, because yes. you just bang it down lightning attacks there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the void touch weavers are um, heavy infantry irregular unit. You take them in a trooper regiment. They have garbage stats. Um, yeah. But stats. elite melee for some reason, I guess because they're elves. Um, yeah. They can take fireball for free. And it's 10 on a troop, 12 on a regiment, or void bolts, right. which is lightning bolt, six on the troop, eight on the regiment. You're limited to three. So you could take three regiments, which would be lightning bolt 24. Uh, and they cost hey, uh, 170 a pop. And, th- and they also are unit strength two, which is kind of useful. And then you have the mind screeches, which are adding lightning bolt six. Um, right. the, f- the fact that the void weavers, the void touch weavers, are also providing unit strength, I think is yeah. is really really big because a lot of the other things where you would be able to spam that is on things that are maybe individuals where you're getting um, those lightning bolts into the list. Yeah, because having things that can sit back and shoot and also sit on an objective are right. really good. Super good, right? Super good. Super good. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. What I have seen people argue, like the counterpoint of why you shouldn't freak about void touch weavers, or maybe uh, maybe it doesn't uh, it doesn't um, convince people the way it should, uh, is that like compare them to glade stalkers, right? So glade stalkers are also shooting; they're also providing unit strength, except they're unit strength three, which is dumb. Um, maybe that'll get maybe that'll get changed. I want that to change. <laughs> That has long been my number one complaint about Glade Stalkers is that they're unit strength three. Um, right. But Glade Stalkers can also fight. <laughs> and yeah. they're, they're a little better, like nerve wise, you know, depending on the one, like the Sylvankin ones get stealthy, this and that. Um, but the damage is similar. The main thing, though, and maybe this will change too in Clash of Kings, is right now Lightning Bolt, you don't take a, a penalty for stealthy against right. lightning bolt which to me yeah doesn't make sense if i was gonna pick a spell i would say fireball fireball it's just everywhere you can't fire. hide from it it's whereas you know i don't know but yeah that's a thing you can do is take a crap ton of lightning bolt and then the i mentioned this summoner crone has this rule wicked miasma after rolling to hit with enthrall hex weakness or wind blast Roll to damage for each hit scored with piercing one. And right. she has access to weakness four, which is yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, because weakness, right, doesn't take any penalties for, doesn't care if you're in cover or you're stealthy right. or, I guess the, it would, if you had spell ward is the one thing that it would affect. Um, but you're getting the bonus of, you know, doing the weakness effect, so minus one to damage in melee. Um, and you're also rolling damage. And it can target enemy units that are engaged in yep. melee? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think so. so you could have weakness 12 with your three summoner crones. Um, mm-hmm. And they're cheap. They start at 55 points. They don't come with any spells, but they do have inspiring. Right. So, Not yeah, bad to start with. Pretty darn good. Really good. Pretty darn good. Yeah, I they can't. They can't take three. lightning bolt, but they have all these other spells that also do damage. That's, right. 
with Pierce One, which is just like Lincoln. Yeah, with Pierce One. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So I think you're going to see those um, in threes. Yeah, I you think know? you are. Yeah. Anyway. Some other things that stand out to me, um, just like for calling out a specific unit, I really like the Void Touched Wheat, uh, not Weavers, the Void Touched Mutants, which are a heavy infantry choice that come in a trooper regiment. They do unlock. Uh, they just seem pretty darn cool. Um, Strider. 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 Speed 7, cow. Wild Charge D3. Yeah. So they're fast. They go through terrain. They have Elite. They have Thunderous Charge 2, Melee 3. Uh, the troop has 15 attacks. The regiment has 20. Expensive, but they're only though. defense 4. And they're expensive because they hit like a truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, can, it, the, you can get hit with that Navigator aura, too. You can give these guys Vicious. Um, yes. So then they're elite and Vicious with those 20 attacks hitting on 3s with Thunder 2. Right. right? Like, um, But their defense is only 4. They can't take the... Um, the blood hex, so they can't bump it at all. And they they do have the three point um, spread from waiver to red, yeah. so a 14, 17. Yeah. So my point is like that to me for 225 points seems like a great unit, but it's a finesse unit. You have to use it well. Um, and it's, it's not just like, like I don't think it's an auto include. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you use it effectively, you're going to get a lot of bang for your buck. I don't know. Agreed. And then the other thing is just this army has so many unique special rules. Like yeah. every unit almost as it feels like. Right. Like even like going back to the Gordrake for a second. The Gordrake has seven attacks that hit on threes. And he has a rule called Void Charge Beast. Whenever the unit rolls to hit in melee, it can re-roll three of the dice that failed to hit. But that's so, similar to other armies we've seen, seen people with. Look at that. Sorry, I mean, that's basically... Go ahead. (laughs) No, it's super good. It's got seven attacks, but it gets to re-roll three of them. What I was saying, from a special rule perspective, there's other units that have these these re-rolls. This one works all the time, though. Yes, it works all the time. And my point is, like, from a design standpoint, they could have said, well, let's give it eight attacks and elite. Or let's give it, you know, right. let's, let's not let's right. not give it any rerolls, but give it nine attacks. You know, right. like it statistically, these things might all work the same, but it, what does change is like your ceiling for the max number of hits. So this thing can only get seven hits, um, but it just adds a little unique flavor, right? Instead right. of it being elite. Right. It is its own unique thing. Instead of it just having more attacks, it is its own unique thing. Yeah, um, and this right. doesn't stack when you flank something either. So you get, you know, the, the, the right. variance it's, does it's, change depending on circumstances. Right. Right. Um, but I guess what I'm wondering are your guys' thoughts on, like, is this too many unique special rules? Or is it just exciting to see that all of these special rules exist and you have this much um unique flavor to the army i i mean this that's been a complaint of mine about i mean i love playing kings of war but i think it needed this 
I think it needed this. And some people, I totally could understand if someone disagrees and goes the other direction. But from my perspective, I think the game needed more of this flavor. I think third edition dumbed down the armies too much. Okay. I agree with you. That's fair. To answer your original question, though, Greg, I think that this, whether or not this is too much, depends on your opponent. Yeah. Right. If I'm playing a guy who is playing this army and he is not reminding me the first couple times we play, oh man, just so, just so you know, this this aura gives this, and therefore I'm going to be doing this other thing, and I'm defense three this turn, or defense five this turn, or you know whatever. Yeah, I think... Um, you know what I mean? I think it's a balancing act, right? I think people have pointed to the um, fact that the rules are pretty streamlined and pretty consistent across armies, where, like, yeah, every army has, like, you know, this one, it's the Blood Hex, the Ogres, it's the Crocodile, right? Um, the right. orcs, it's the orcish skull pole. Have like one little thing, frenzied otter, my personal favorite. Um, <laughs> but like the main rules are pretty much the same. And now this army has gone like off the rails with like how much uniqueness there is to it. Um, right. And as one army, I'm like, okay, it's what I can like roll with it. But I'm like, how many armies are in Kings of War? 27, 26, something ridiculous like that like are we about to see 26 armies that have this level of um unique flavor and rules and will that then be like oh i need to study for every event or i need to like constantly every round be like what does this unit do what does that unit do you know what i mean because like we don't have that like at all right Mm -hmm. now if you walk into kings of war with even like a, a small baseline of experience with the system. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, that is exactly why I said some people might disagree and I wouldn't call them wrong. Right. Right. I, it, I totally get that. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I even myself benefit from being able to walk in and just know what all the armies do inherently. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel that this, this adds a little bit of that, list building like flair or excitement of trying to find the combos or having a little bit of excitement that my unit is unique and when i when i build mm-hmm. my my twilight kin army and i have the gore drake and i'm like wow the gore drake is good at charging into the front of things because it hits on threes and three rerolls it's going to do a very reliable seven out of right. seven hit and that's right. there's no other unit in the game that does that except a, a character that hits on twos with elite right oh, oh you know, and so I think that's, yeah, it's more to keep track of, but that makes it, I, I'm looking forward to that, making it a little bit more exciting to build lists rather than just going into any list and being like, well, here's a shooting unit, here's a heavy infantry unit, here's a cavalry right. unit, and they all kind of basically do the same thing. So no matter what army I'm playing, it's basically the same. That, that like I said, mm-hmm. it's good and bad, depending on where mm-hmm. you're coming from on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think for me, because we've been playing Kings of War for years now, I feel like we're ready for this type of thing. Like, this is the the logical next step in the way the game is evolving. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as yeah. I was first opened the army and, like, each time I clicked 
you know, a new unit and looked at the profile, I was like, oh my gosh, you have all these customization options. This is cool. And you do have a little bit of that. Like the human armies have um, some of those customizations for their infantry units. Yeah, um, right, but I just right. love to see it. And then I'm like, this unit has this rule. What does that do? Awesome. Like I just kept like repeating awesome <laughs> and cool in my head as I read each new unit. Like, so that's a, that to me is a good thing. Like it's I want every thing. army to, yeah, absolutely. to make me right. that excited when I look out. Yeah. And exactly. to the point you made, I mean, maybe we're completely off base because we're just talking based on first impressions, but we're looking at the list and there doesn't seem to be any clear losers of like, oh, why would you ever take this unit? Right. Um, right. There might be some things that are become more common than others. And, but it looks like you could, you could build this a lot of different ways. Part of that is because yeah. of all the synergies where like, if I'm going to go this direction, I want these things. If I'm going to go that direction, I want these things. Whereas if the army is just generic, then it's like, I just want these are the best choices and I will take them yeah. every time. The best ones. Right. Um, and hopefully this army doesn't play out like that. I don't know. Hopefully not. I, I'm excited to see um, what it looks like. You know, I, I, I looked at this list and I sat down and I, w I said, Oh my god! Do I have to build a Twilight Ken army? Like I'm, I'm excited <laughs> about this. I don't know that I actually will. You know, we'll see what happens. But um, I haven't felt excited about building a new Kings of War army in a long time. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's, I can totally see. I, I, I am really hoping that I know that next year supposedly, um, uh, Triton Realms and Abyssal are getting yep this are getting revamps right yep. So yeah. if this is a harbinger of 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 the RC's list design philosophy moving forward, I am hyper excited. Yeah. Right. To see what they do. Because that mm -hmm. this is this is cool. Right. John, you better start petitioning them now for make, making uh, super customizable arch fiends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> please. Please, I'm begging you. A whole <laughs> menu of options. <laughs> I want this it, arch fiend to have to have uh, four arms, so he gets extra attacks. That's right. <laughs> this one has a vicious tail. Well, um, you know, I'm used to back in the Warhammer days, the, the those archfiends all came from different, different chaos, chaos gods, right? So they all had different right. themes. Like, I, it doesn't have to look exactly like that necessarily, but some customization would be nice. Mm -hmm. yep. You're paying over 300 points for that sucker. Some options. This, this right. one doesn't fly, but he is defense six with regen. There, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, very cool. Yeah, awesome. I'm excited. It's it's it, it really is good to see some new stuff. I, I hope it's well received by the community. Um, and I hope it plays out well on the table, too. You know, one of the, the problems with trying to do this is you release this in isolation by itself without all the rest of the armies, and it might make some other armies feel bland. And then, like, what does that do to the overall balance of the game? If, is this army, right. like, is it actually better because it has better options? And, right. I, you know, then, then pointing it becomes an extra challenge. Whereas if all the armies have the options, it's a little bit easier to say, well, they're all, but they all have those. So it's kind of okay. They're, they're all powerful. Um, if, like, yeah. if Abyssals and Trident Realms and Twilight Kin are the first three armies maybe to get this treatment, but they're only coming out at a rate of, of three or four a year like that, you end uh -huh. up with a uh, you know an A list and a B list of armies. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, the thing that I'm the thing that I, I I saw that they did with um, 
Northern Alliance and they're doing here with is is uh, really putting the auras on those cheaper heroes, right? So if BSBs can come yep. with auras, even that, if you were to add that across the board as part of the next pack, I think that that would make a giant difference in the way that a lot of armies play, right? Well, it gives you yeah, some different options, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Yeah. So. All right, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited thoughts? for... I, just that I'm excited for this Twilight Kin list. I'm excited to see what happens in the Clash of Kings updates. Hopefully it doesn't shake up my dwarf playstyle too much. <laughs> uh, as I said, but other than that, I'm excited. I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I mean, I have no inside knowledge of what's coming in the Clash of Kings book, um, but I would not be surprised at all if they said that stealthy works against lightning bolt <laughs> I would given so. that they just made an army that can take a, a stupid amount of it um and that i think would uh, go some way to quelling people's uh, complaint in that regard but i right. i think as a blueprint moving forward yeah i i do like john said i i i don't think people would be invalid if they felt like this is a little too much complexity but i am excited for it and i would like to see other armies that they do kind of follow uh in the footsteps of night stalkers northern alliance and twilight kin which are the three that they've kind of given this treatment to yeah so totally all right gents well thank you so much for recording tonight and um hope everybody has an excellent evening and we'll be back in a month or with our next episode yeah Mike's going to have a lot of progress updates on his horse shamblers hopefully everybody send us pictures Mike too we want to follow along got to be a little media savvy here yeah there you go (laughs) cool alright gentlemen well have a good evening and uh, talk to you all again soon later on buddy take care bye